0: If you become a Patreon supporter. You'll get that and much more if you support the podcast on Patreon, along with our eternal gratitude for doing so. But first, let me put in a good word for Blueberry Podcasting. I'm a Blueberry affiliate, but that's not the only reason I'm telling you this. I've been using Blueberry Podcasting as my hosting service for my podcast for years, and it's one of the best decisions I ever made. They give great customer service. You're in complete control of your own podcast. You can run it from your own website. And it just takes a lot of the work out of podcasting for me. I find for that reason that it's a company that I can get behind 100% and say, you should try this. Try Blueberry. It doesn't require a long-term contract, and it's just a great company, period. And it also has free technical support by email, video, and phone, so you can get a human being there. Isn't that nice? Hi, everyone. I'm pleased to have with me today the author of the Detective Sasha Frank Mysteries. He is currently working on his third book in that series. It's my pleasure to introduce my guest, David Rolfing. Hi, David. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing very well, Debbie. How are you?
0: Excellent. Thank you. Oh, I love your backdrop. Look at those covers. Very, very <laughs> nice. Um, so tell us about Sasha Frank. What inspired you to write this particular series about this particular protagonist?
1: Uh, well, I think I was, uh, it was suggested to me by a friend when I was nearing retirement from uh, my business career that I should write a book, but he suggested that I write a book about business and business philosophy um, and the like, and uh, especially customer service, which I was heavily involved with. So I attempted to do that. And I found out very quickly that it's difficult to write a book like that because you're really writing about yourself. And I wasn't comfortable doing that. So I instead pivoted and thought, well, maybe I could write a mystery novel. And I sat down and uh, over one winter for a few months and just sat down and actually wrote delivered duplicity and initially it was only going to be the first book in the series but i enjoyed writing it and uh enjoyed the character very much uh who i developed and uh wrote a second book called consequences but the character it's himself was derived from um being a small, smaller town detective. Obviously, there's a lot of detectives in big cities across the country, but there's not a lot of smaller towns. And I live in a town that's got about 120,000 people in the two uh, cities that make up this area. And I thought it would be interesting to write about a smaller detective in the Midwest.
0: I was gonna ask you about that. What made you choose Bloomington?
1: Well, I live here. So Uh uh, I grew up in central Illinois. I've lived all around the United States and outside of the United States, but uh, eventually we came back to where we kind of grew up or nearby because we had family and friends in the area uh, from a long time ago. So I thought it would be interesting to write it again about a detective in a smaller city. Um, And I picked out Bloomington Normal as a Twin Cities in Central Illinois, as a location,
0: I think there's—I don't know how—if you would agree with this or not—but I, I perceive a kind of lack of um, attention to the problems of smaller cities and crime in smaller cities, on television shows, things like that. Than there could be. What do you? I think? agree.
1: I, I agree, and I think that's what drove me to write about. Uh, this particular setting again you see you know Michael Connelly is in uh, Los Angeles with Harry Bosch and the Lincoln lawyer and Renee Ballard and the like and uh, I also like Lee Child and he writes you know with Jack Reacher all over the place Uh, but I I think we tend to see characters on television shows or movies or books that are uh, in the larger cities and uh, the crimes that are committed in those areas which are Terrible crimes, of course, um, but that that's right. I think that few people really pay attention to the smaller towns and cities across the United States, specifically, and in the Midwest, especially. And in my case, more people die in one of my books in Bloomington Normal than die realistically here on an annual basis. So crime is, it's a different type of crime. We don't see a lot of murders, but we we see a lot of other types of crime.
0: Yes. Yes. And, um, the people who live in those towns are also very interesting. I mean, there's a lot of community, uh, activity and so forth. People don't really appreciate. Um, sometimes, um, you describe your detective as relentless. What is it that makes him so relentless or motivates him in general?
1: Well, I think, He um, is his father was an FBI uh, agent and a field office manager, as in the character of Sasha Frank. And his mother was a a Russian embassy worker who defected during the Cuban Missile Crisis. And I think he has a very strong, you know, community background. He has, he fights for justice, and uh, specifically, he fights for justice for those who have died. In uh, their families, and he speaks for them effectively, and he does not stop until he figures out exactly what happens. So that's really the relentlessness. Relentlessness—it's difficult to say—that uh, comes from that. Uh, he, you know, is, is grew up in Springfield, Illinois, which is a similar type of town uh, within an hour's drive of where I'm at now, and. It's just the nature of Midwesterners, I think, um, to be very strong and uh, have strong beliefs about what's right and what's wrong and justice in the end. Um, So hopefully that comes through with this particular character.
0: Very interesting, very cool. Um, Where do you picture the series going? Do you have an overall plan in terms of number of books and the character arc in general for your protagonist?
1: Um, yes, I think I initially just was writing one book, but as I was writing, I, as I said, I I really enjoyed writing. I enjoy the character. I think there's a lot of, uh, ways to explore the character and especially, you know, this particular area and crimes that can occur in this area. Um, so I wrote the second book and the second book actually is a prequel, uh, as it turns out. And I referenced in the first book. Crimes that occurred in the second book, um, and I addressed opiate, the opioid uh, crisis that is affecting America in the second book, and how that can devastate families and have unintended consequences. Um, so I, I think you know writing that second book and the third book that I'm writing now um, is is talking about you know obviously further murders, but maybe is a more of a psychological thriller um, than the first two books are. So it goes in a little bit different direction. So I'm going to keep writing as long as I enjoy writing um, and people read the books.
0: Would you describe your uh, writing style as more leaning towards the procedural type of uh, crime fiction or thriller?
1: Um, there's a lot of uh, procedural aspects of it. Actually, the first book won an American Fiction Award for um, murder mystery and and in the uh, specifically police procedural category. So I, I write a lot about that, but I, I think it's also, um, I guess I would view them as a thriller. The second book is much more fast paced than the first book, I think, and uh, some of that I I believe I learned more about writing as I was writing. So I learned to move through things quicker and say more with less words, as I'm sure you're aware, um, (laughs) to try to get your point across with the fewest number of words. So I think I'd say it's a little bit of both. Hopefully they're very suspenseful um, and it keeps the reader guessing as to what's going on until, you know, the last, hopefully, last few pages.
0: Yes. Um, I was intrigued by the fact that you made your second book a a prequel, which most people, most of the authors I've seen, they'll write a few books and then they'll say, you know, I should talk more about the backstory of this character. What made you decide to write a prequel on the second book?
1: Um, Well, I think, actually, as I said, I I learned a lot in writing. And as I was writing the first book, I. uh, through the editing process with the editors uh, and the publisher, I reduced the word count by 50% almost. So I had really gone overboard with, with writing. And um, I believe that, you know, learning and understanding how to um, tell a good story. I, I weaved in um, the prequel into the story. Cause I thought, I was discussing how few murders take place in the area. And as I said, both of my books have a lot of murders in them um, that need to be solved. But I I thought it'd be a good point to point out that few murders take place, but there were murders that had been solved a few years earlier by the character, Sasha Frank. So he does have experience. Um, He does have uh, an understanding of the investigation process. And I wanted to bring that out, and thought it would be best served by speaking to it in the first book, but writing it as a complete book um, with the second book about the experiences that I've written about in the first book. That might sound a little confusing. It, it, I understand what I'm <laughs> what it I'm trying to get across.
0: I'm getting the impression that you you did a little bit of overwriting on the first book that kind of came out maybe, and that yes got informed your second book. It did. It did. <laughs> yeah, I, I know the overwriting problem. because I used to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that was, you know, when you go from writing legal stuff to fiction, it's like you don't have to change. explain every single thing, Debbie.
1: <laughs> That's right. And I think that was, something, yeah, that was something I learned in writing. Um, I had written blogs and the type of thing in, during my career. Um, and sometimes those were long and drawn out, trying to explain a particular point. And I think that came out in the first book through the editorial process, we stripped a lot of that out. But that's why I say the second book is a faster, quicker read, I believe, because I learned so much from writing the first book.
0: Absolutely. You learn so much by just doing. Yes. Um, let's see. what the, what. the How much research did you do before you wrote the book?
1: Uh, very little, quite frankly. I just sat down and started writing. I know that I read a number of books about how to write a book, uh, read a number of articles about how to write a book. And I started out with just a few characters. Um, I didn't have an outline. I knew how I wanted the book to start in both instances. Uh, and I just sat down and started writing and built the book as I, as I wrote. And then I would, you know, as I was writing, I might then go back and put something more in at, toward the beginning of the book to add more depth of about a, something that was taking place in the book. Um, but I, I think, you know, we watch so many television shows and movies that have investigations, you know, CSI, uh, those type of shows that all of us um are kind of like amateur investigators so you see so many different things and i, I know that sometimes juries in real trials today want to see all that information that the tv portrayals or movie portrayals of what takes place in an investigation when in reality that might not really be what takes place so i i think seeing all of those and reading all the books that i have in my life uh about investigators or police detectives, I think it gives you an idea of how a crime scene, uh, how you approach a crime scene. And actually from my perspective and my business background, I actually go about how would I do it? How would I, how would I fix something or solve a problem that I experienced in my business life? I kind of address that the same way in, in writing a scene in a book. Um, you approach a murder victim. And what do you do? And I just started thinking about, okay, how would I do it Uh, using all the background experiences I had from reading and watching, you know, investigators on television. And that that is where that amateur investigator in all of us comes out. I think I just put pen to paper.
0: Interesting. I was going to ask you if the career that you had before starting your fiction career Uh, informed your writing it sounds like it most definitely did
1: well I yeah I think the experience of solving solving problems especially uh, I was an executive uh, for most of my career and I I traveled to six continents and countless countries in during my career and work Um, so I have a lot of experiences that you know some people may not have but that problem-solving aspect that certainly comes out in the book, um, because again, anything that I or I say, I Sasha Frank, anything that he experiences, it's really obviously through my lens, and it's how would I address a problem um, and and solve it. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, let's see. What advice would you give to anyone who's interested in writing for a living?
1: Um read a lot. Um, I think reading helps you understand different styles of writing that that are successful and that that other people have utilized over time. Um, So I think that's important. And also learning how to say something in the fewest number of words and letting the reader um, really paint the picture from what you're telling them. Uh, So not not so much detail detail where details needed, but you know not too much detail, so allowing the reader to paint their own picture of what they think is going on and what's happening at that point in time of the book I think and, and always write, keep writing, uh, and the only other thing I would add would be that have someone that you trust, uh, a friend, a spouse uh, to read what it is that you write, who will give you honest feedback on how they you know, read and understand what it is you're trying to get across. That I know, my wife is that for me and she's been most helpful uh, in that process.
0: Yes, my husband was very helpful for me in that process as well. Having somebody you trust who you know will be honest. It's critical. <laughs> of, yeah, that is critical. Uh, Let's see. There's something else I was going to ask you um, about the research I asked. Oh, yes. What authors do you like to read?
1: Um, I I mentioned Michael Connelly and Lee Mm -hmm. Child. Um, Dan Brown. Um, I enjoy uh, how deep he goes in, like the Da Vinci Code. Uh, Patricia Cornwell is a favorite Uh, writer as well. So I I tend to, you know, stay toward the murder mystery or thriller side. uh, Investigators, um, people who have a purpose and in some regards are kind of like Sasha Frank. They're relentless in pursuing truth and justice um, for victims. Um, And I think characters in all those different books are all somewhere in that way.
0: Very cool. Great choices of authors, too. Good people to emulate or, or get inspiration from. Uh, where can people find you online?
1: Uh, I have a website, uh, www.davidrolfing.com. Um, and they can find the books there. They can find out more about me. Uh, They can order books there, or uh, they can find them online at certainly Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Uh, But davidrolfing.com, they can certainly find a lot of information out about me.
0: Great. Well, I just want to say, oh, also, is there anything else you'd like to add before we finish up?
1: I would add one thing, and uh, something very personal to me. But uh, in 2019, I had sudden cardiac arrest and was gone for 15 minutes. um, And a number of heroes brought me back to life. And the one thing that experience uh, taught me, or or I learned from it, is that people with a very simple, inexpensive uh, procedure, it's called a CT heart scan, uh, calcium CT heart scan, If they have that procedure done at their hospital, and I know here locally it costs $100, you can have that procedure done and it will tell you how your heart is functioning and if you have any issues. I've had a number of friends and family who have had this test done because of what happened to me. Um, And many of them have found that they did have a problem they weren't aware of the problem, just as I was unaware that I had a problem um, and were able to, through a medication or procedures, resolve the issue and remain healthy. So I would just add that um, it dramatically changed my life uh, and I wished I would have had a CT scan, heart scan before. So- Oh boy,
0: I hear you loud and clear. Uh, I had a stroke in 2004 it was caused by a congenital heart defect hmm. and it uh, led to a situation I'll talk about in a little bit actually, because I'm doing a fundraiser. Right. <laughs> um, well, it changes change your life. It does change your life. And it makes you realize you're not going to live forever. I exactly. mean, not that I didn't know that anyway, but um, life is short and it can end quickly, <laughs> faster it than is. you expected.
1: Well, if it so, wasn't for the, you know, work of my wife and a police officer, a 911 operator and paramedics and doctors and nurses at the hospital that I was fortunate enough to only be nine minutes from. Um, If it wasn't for all of those heroes in my life, I wouldn't be here talking with you now or have written these books. So um, yeah, life can be short and you need to make sure that you live every moment of it.
0: That's it. Yeah, I, I definitely am with you there and I understand. I want to thank you so much for being here, by the way, David. It's been nice talking to you.
1: Nice thank you for
0: sharing you. that story, too. Thank uh, you. Yeah, sure. I, um, yeah, I do want to tell people that I'm participating in a fundraiser for the Dystonia Medical Research Foundation. Dystonia is a rare movement disorder that affects people in a variety of ways. It can be quite debilitating, as I know, because I have it. And it has no cure or adequate or consistent treatment at this time so it's all very hit or miss in my experience in terms of treatment um i hope you'll consider supporting the cause i'll include a link to my team my fundraising team somewhere in this blog post or wherever i put this uh, video up and um please sign up. It's free. You don't even have to uh, donate. But if you do, it would be that it would be so much. It would be so awesome. I would really appreciate it. Um, Research needs to be funded on this people. So thank you for listening. And I will see you next time. Meanwhile, take care and happy reading.